Welcome back to the Yellow Box Podcast. This week, we are joined by our lead pastor, Dave Ferguson, as we continue our series, Turn the Page. For more information, please visit us at www.communitychristian.org. And remember, you can always find us on Sundays at the Yellow Box at 9.30 a.m., 11.15 a.m., and 5 p.m. And now also on Monday nights at 6.30 p.m. We hope to see you there. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Absolutely. My name's Dave, and um, you, you met uh, Ian, that's his name, who's our community pastor, and our worship pastors, their names are Lucas and Le- Evelyn. And part of the reason I'm stressing names is because names are going to be very, very important of where we're going this Christmas Eve. And I'll tell you what, before you settle in, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to ask you to actually stand up, okay? I'm going to ask you to stand up. I want you to go ahead and say Merry Christmas to two other people, but also find out and know their name, okay? Some new people, maybe somebody behind you in front of you, their name, okay? Just their name. There you go. Thank you. Merry Christmas. And what's their name? I like it. I like it. All right. A name. A name is a very important part of a person's identity. Yet, um, there are some names that are rather unfortunate. Uh, for example, I actually, I actually went to college. I went to college with a guy whose name was Fred Failing. I know. Um, how do you think he did in school? He dropped out. Um, sorry. Now, now there are actually there's some names, actually there's some names that, that, that are just actually even so bad they get banned. They've been banned by governments. Um, for example, you are not allowed to name your child Monkey, okay, if you're in Denmark. I guess there was actually a couple who tried. Why you do that, I don't know, but they did. Uh, in France, there was a couple who wanted to name their child Nutella, <laughs> which if you ever had Nutella, it's pretty good, am I right? Especially like on a crepe or something. But again, the French judge said, no, you can't name your kid Nutella. That's not allowed. Actually, there was a Swedish couple who, this name was rejected by the Swedish government, this is the name they put on the birth certificate. They wanted this name. And they were asked, well, how do you pronounce it? They insisted it was pronounced Albin. And they said, no, that will not work. You cannot do that. There are some names that are acceptable and some names that are unacceptable. And the reason is because names are powerful. Names can actually inform our identity. Names can actually even, at times, even shape our future. So, so when Sue and I, when we had kids, we were very intentional about the names we gave our children. Now, my daughter's name is Amy, and Amy means beloved. And I did. I mean, I genuinely, I wanted, every time her name was spoken, it was like a part of her identity would be like to know that she was loved. I have two boys. I have two boys. Their names are Joshua and Caleb. There are two godly leaders, fearless leaders in the Old Testament. And I hope that those names, I think they'd hear those names, that would shape their future, who they would become. Names are important. And so we come here on Christmas Eve to celebrate Christmas that a baby was born, that God came to earth as a baby. And help me out, that baby's name was what? Exactly right, Jesus. But my question for you this afternoon is this. Do you know why? Do you know why he got that name? Because I think if you understand why he got that name... It'll also can inform your own identity. It can also shape your own future. Now, for me to actually explain why you got that name, I'm going to have to go back centuries before the birth of Jesus. And it goes back when God actually 
first revealed his name. When God first revealed his name, he revealed it to a guy named Moses. Now Moses' story, if you know his story, it's part crazy, part amazing. But um, it was during a time when the Israelites were actually enslaved by the Egyptians. Now they were the people of God, and in this, in this crazy kind of plot twist, Moses ends up being raised by the, in the Pharaoh's palace by the Pharaoh's daughter. But over time, what he discovers is that he's actually not an Egyptian. He's actually an Israelite. And so his heart starts to break for his own people who are enslaved. And then as a young adult, he sees an Egyptian beating one of his own people, an Israelite. He just loses it and kills the Egyptian. As a result of that, he becomes a fugitive. For the next 40 years, he's living in obscurity in the wilderness somewhere. And it's here in the middle of nowhere, that God appears to him, maybe you remember this part of the story, in a burning bush. And he tells Moses, Moses, I want to use you to rescue and free my people from slavery. Now, it's been 40 years. Moses is not so sure. And at this point in his life, I mean, he's lost everything. Because once upon a time, he'd been royalty. Now he was a slave. Once he lived in a palace now he was out in the wilderness. Once he'd been a prince, and now he was this murderer on the run. And so he shakes his head in disbelief, says, God, there's, there's no way. My life is so messed up, you couldn't use me. And maybe some of you even come this afternoon and go like, you know what? My life is so messed up, God, you could never. And so he asked God. He asked God, he said, okay, God, suppose I do. Suppose I go to your people and I say to them, hey, the God of your father sent me to you. He wants me to be the one who's gonna rescue you, help free you from slavery. Now, what if they ask me, what's this God's name? What do I tell them? And I kind of get the feeling Moses is being a little snarky with God. Kind of like, okay, so what do I tell him if I do ask him? God doesn't back off. God says this, here's what you tell him, Moses. You tell him, I am. I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites if they ask who sent you. I am has sent me to you. God is saying, that's my name. I am. Now, kind of an odd name. You might even say it's not a name. You might just say it's a verb. But actually, no, God says, no, that's my name. So his name is I am. And in Hebrew, it actually comes out this way, Yahweh. We transliterate it to Joseph. But in the English Bible, it is the Lord. It's the Lord. And if you go back through the Old Testament, he uses this name, I am, over 6,000 times. Now, this is an important moment for Moses. Because Moses, maybe you can relate to this, he lacked the confidence that he could do what God wanted him to do. He said, I'm not articulate enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. But God says, I didn't choose you because you were any of those things. God says, I am enough of those things for the both of us. And I am, and my amness will overcome all of your notness. <laughs> and so through his name, God was revealing to Moses that whatever Moses was not, not because of his weakness, because of his brokenness or his sinfulness, God was saying, no matter what you, you may not be, I am. And it's fascinating. And maybe you've never noticed before, maybe you've never been taught this before, but if you go through the Old Testament, Okay, God relates to his people using this name. Whenever his people are hurting, whenever his people are lacking, whenever his people are needing, and there's something they're not, he says, I am. For example, quickly here, take a look at the screen here. Okay, for example, in Genesis, when they, when they were in need, he said, I am your provider. 
In Exodus, when they were sick, he said, I am your healer. In Judges, when they were afraid, he said, I am your peace. In Psalms, when they needed a rest, he said, I am your shepherd. In Isaiah, when they were under attack, he said, I will be your defender. When they were wrong, in Jeremiah, he says, I am your righteousness. And when they felt all alone, in Ezekiel, he said, listen, no, I am. I'm here. I am present. And so I want you to get this part. Throughout all of Old Testament history, whatever, whenever God's people were not something, whenever they were lacking, God would show up and say, no, I am. That's why you need me. So if you get that part, 2,000 years ago, okay? And you're going like, oh, I thought this was supposed to be Christmas. Where's the Christmas in all this? 2,000 years ago, that very first Christmas, it was the great I am that showed up and transcended time and space in a baby, as a baby. And that I am got introduced this way. It said, she will give birth, Mary will give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Okay, once again, the baby's name was? Exactly right. But do we know why? And I think it's important that we know why. I find this so fascinating. In the actual original language of the Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, the word, the name, Jesus, it actually literally means, I am your salvation. When he showed up and was given that name, it literally means, I am the one who's come to save you. I am. And so even Jesus' name is like this reminder to people back then and to us this afternoon that no matter what we find ourselves in, no matter how hard the seasons we're going through, no matter what the need is, Jesus is our salvation. Jesus has come because I am here to save you. For all that you lack, for all that you're not, he comes and says, listen, I am. And it's fascinating if you actually then read through the New Testament, how Jesus describes and identifies himself in the gospel, particularly the gospel of John. Look at this. For those who hunger for something more to life, he says, listen, I am the bread of life. When you thirst for a greater purpose, a cause to give yourself to, he says, no, I am the living water. When we find ourselves stumbling around in the darkness, we don't know where we're going. He says, I am the light. When we find ourselves at a dead end and we need a brand new beginning, he says, I am the door. When we find ourselves abandoned, he says, I am the good shepherd. When we're lost, he says, I am the way. When we're confused, he says, I am the truth. And when we're facing death, you know, he says, I am the life. I am. And here's where this is so important for us, okay? This Christmas, every one of us, we bring, along with the, the anticipation of Christmas and, and the enthusiasm about what's going to happen in the next couple of days, we also bring with us our unique struggles, our own setbacks, and our own personal sadness. We bring it into this Christmas season. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. The good news from that first Christmas to the good news this Christmas is that Jesus is God come to earth to save us to be our great I am. On a personal note, um, this Christmas, it's, it's going to be a really good Christmas. But in October, I lost my grandmother. Uh, my grandmother passed away um, on my, uh, my dad's side. And I know some of you are thinking, hold it, you still have a grandmother? Okay, first of all, that's not nice. Ouch. 
she was 95, and she left a tremendous legacy, okay? And there was so much to celebrate. But the truth is, there's a part of this Christmas, and some of you know what I'm talking about, okay? That for the Fergusons, this Christmas will not be certain things, right? And that's where Jesus shows up and he says, but I am. I am the resurrection of life. And tells us that, you know what? No, someday in the not too distant future, I will get to see even my grandmother Ferguson again, right? For all that we're not, Jesus shows up on planet earth to remind every one of us that he wants to be our I am. And so maybe for some of you, you're sitting there thinking, even this afternoon, you're thinking, okay, who, who could be smart enough to help me figure out what's next in my life? I feel so confused. I literally had someone in the last service right back there afterwards just come up to me and confess, I just feel so lost. Who can help me figure this out? You know what Jesus says? I am. Some of you are wondering, like, I mean, who's really on my side? I feel like the whole world is against me. Who's on my side, my team? You know what Jesus says? I am. Some of you are going like, it feels like nobody, nobody's listening. I'm crying out. Nobody's listening to me. And you know what Jesus is saying to you today? He's saying what? Help me out. He says what? I am. That's exactly right. Some of you are going, who's even aware of what I'm going through? And he proclaims to you on this Christmas what? Exactly right. Some of you are going, I'm, I'm not clear about what the future holds. Jesus tells you right now, I am. Maybe you're saying, I'm, I feel incapable of a fresh start. He says to you, no, I am. Some of you are going like, I just feel like I'm not good enough for whatever's next. And he says, no, you're right, but I am. And here's the thing we have to get. This is the good news of the gospel and the good news of Christmas. For all that we lack, for all that we can never be, Jesus comes and he says, I am. It's even in his name. It's why he has that name. I want you to meet someone who came to know Jesus' full identity and Jesus' full power and how it just uh, transformed him and shaped his future. Here you go. I'm John Ray, and I've been attending community for a little over 13 months. And if you would have told me 14 months ago that I would be doing this, I would have said that you're totally crazy and you just had the wrong person. In the recent past, I had considered myself full-blown atheist, went to a well-known Jesuit college, had to take a couple years of mandatory theology, and it just confirmed my belief in atheism. Ended up marrying somebody that was atheist like me, and we just kind of continued along that journey, and that ended up not working, and felt pretty broken and unhappy. But I did feel a sense of longing that I was always looking for something, and I filled that longing with business entrepreneurship. If that just worked, if I made a certain amount of money or had a certain amount of success, that would carry over and basically fix my marriage. I felt this, this sense of there was something else out there, but I didn't know what it was, and I just kept trying to fill it with business. Met somebody that had a very strong Christian belief, and at first I was a little skeptical, but then, within a very short amount of time, I became not only intrigued, but then fascinated. Why was Jesus the central figure of this person's life? And I started going to church. When I found community, I found a group of people that had a similar mind to me. I found a group of people who were open to answering questions and asking questions. My thoughts about faith and religion were more centered around, uh, you're a sinner, don't do this. I had never heard the message of grace and mercy and love. Heard those words, but in the context of it actually being true and having a relationship, and I'm one that will listen to like life gurus and you know go to events, and I want I want that inspiration that helps me. 
And so when I realized what this was all about, I thought, why am I listening to all these people that talk on a stage about life when I can get it directly from the creator of the world? Finding your way back to God, I, I wasn't even looking. I, I wasn't looking. It just showed up. I didn't think that this was the thing that was going to help me or save me or put me in the right direction. It just kind of appeared on my doorstep and I had to take some initiative to go and figure it out. And so the sense of I am, I am there for you, I am loving you, I am all these things made perfect sense to me because why not have that person on your side? Why not have this community on your side? It's amazing. And so we gather like this on Christmas Eve. We gather to celebrate Christmas. We even gather to celebrate God coming to earth in the person of Jesus. But what I want every one of us to leave with is a full understanding of who he is. And it's this for you personally. For whatever it is that is not, that's not right, that's not working, that's not the way it should be in your life, he comes and he says, I am. I am. And so, I mean, very specifically, and I've been praying about this. I mean, for some of you, it's, for some of you, you're, you're stuck in a nine to five grind where you punch in, you kind of punch out, you got this job and it feels like, yeah, maybe it covers the bills, but you know what? You feel like, man, am I ever going to make a difference? Is this really all I'm going to have to my existence? And you go, who could change this? Who could change this? Or some of you, it's your marriage. It's your marriage. I mean, it once held so much potential and you're here and you're gonna get through the holidays, but the truth is it feels strained, it feels exhausting, and, and, and you're just, I mean, in your prayers even, you're saying, who can fix this? For some of you, it's financial challenges. And you've gotten yourself in such a deep hole, you're going, oh man, who, who, who could ever dig me out of this? There's probably some in this room too who in the last week or maybe months or so, I mean, there are people who once were very close and they have just broken your heart. I mean, broken your heart. And you're going, who could restore this? So others, you ask a different kind of question. It's the question where you've struggled with anxiety and depression and it's, got, it's going on for, for not only days or weeks, but I mean, it's, it's going into years now. And you're going, oh, who, who, who could help me conquer this? Or maybe it's an addiction. It's an addiction that grabs a hold of you and pulls you back to that dark place over and over again. And you're going, who can help me overcome this? And here's the thing. Here's the good news of Christmas. To each and every one of those questions, Jesus shows up and he responds, I am. I am. I am. And in this Christmas, 2018, I think the one thing that God wants you to get is the great I am came on that Christmas and that great I am is telling you today, I am here. I am here for you. For you, every one of you. And he's only a prayer away. So here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you if you would, if you just bow your heads. I wanna give you an opportunity just to have some quiet time. Really kind of, I'm gonna call it a confession, but a confession, I say confession, I don't mean confessing like sins per se, but I'm talking about confessing. Here's what's not working in my life. Here's what I'm not and maybe, you're, maybe you just word it this way. You know, God, I, I am, I'm weak or I'm struggling or I'm overwhelmed. 
crime alone. But you just fill in the blank and just tell him what it is. Say, here's who I am and, and what's not working. And now in the quietness of your own prayer on this Christmas Eve, just ask him. Ask him in and say, I'm trusting you to be my I am. Trusting you to be my I am. Father God, you're so good to us. From the very beginning, when you first revealed your name to us, your name was in response to what we're not reminded us of who you are and who you can be and why we need you. And that your love was so relentless, Lord, that you couldn't stay distant. You had to come near until you showed up on Christmas and you walked the same earth, the same planet like we did. You lived the life like we did so we could give us an example of how to live life. And then you leave behind your spirit for us, for all the places that aren't working, that are lacking, that are needing, that we're not. You can come into our life as the I am. You're so good to us. You're so good to us. And on this Christmas Eve, we say thank you, and we celebrate that. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.